All right, let's do this. Again, this podcast is brought to you by us here at the Western Hunting Summit. So we decided last year after seeing, we had some speakers bring their kids. We had our children. We had a couple attendees bring their children. And we realized how much fun the kids had together as a group. They spent a lot of time shooting bows, the older children helping the younger children. They hiked. They did the 3D courses. They were playing, finding snakes and frogs and doing all this stuff outside for the full four days. So we thought, how cool would it be to have a camp that was strategically placed where children could come with their parents and have children's activities that are set up for them? If they're older children, like you know, over 14, 15, 16, and they want to be with their parent in education, they can. Um, but also where we have a child children's coordinator to help create activities for the kids. So we created Family Camp, which is going to be the last weekend of June. And this is a this is a camp that you can bring your kids to if you want. We're, we're requesting that they're over six years old just so that they're okay in a group of other children. Um, but it's not just for parents and kids, Ryan? Yeah, so this is, a, we call it a family camp. It's also a combo camp. So we're going to be talking about deer and elk, um, archery, rifle, if folks want to go in that direction. So we'll have, um, it's, it's just a kind of a, we call it a combo. It's a variety of all things. And we have a few new speakers this year coming to combo. You want to tell us some of them? Yeah, so we've got uh, some of the tried and trues, you know, the Livesays and the Brian Barneys and uh, the Joel Turners for all things shooting. I've got Cal Halliday, a good buddy of mine, who um, he's bringing his family. He's going to be a, a great wealth of knowledge for guys that want to hammer him with questions. Uh, Sam Davis, who is an absolute stud out there, getting it done with his bow this year. Um, we've got Brian Call showing up to this one again. Uh, Alicia. Zemlecki. Yep. She's showing up. She's going to be doing a lot with the kids coordination kids and setting job. up events and yep. fun events for them. So, all um, right. And we also have Andy, the flip-flop guy coming to this yeah. event. He's going to be doing his magic over the birch barrel, uh, doing what he does best, uh, as far as cooking, making that kind of a fun evening for us, getting to watch him in action. And we're still on the hunt right now for our entertainment, but we're looking for some great entertainment as well for everybody. So again, go to westernhuntingsummit.com. If you want, put in the code HHH, pick Family Camp, and you'll get $100 off your purchase. What's up, folks? Uh, I am here today, and I'm going to kind of go through a bunch of questions that we get. It's spring bear season or it's really close to spring bear season. Um, and what is the date today? April 5th, 4th? <laughs> we're, uh, it's actually open in places right now. So me and the guys were getting ready to kind of take on um, got several tags. We're going to take on some big, big trips this year as, as usual. Um, so obviously the, the questions are rolling in like crazy this time of year as guys that maybe haven't had a lot of experience out there chasing bears or just getting into it. I feel like there's a, there's a whole new crowd of people just getting into this, 
this bear thing, um, and especially spring bear. And that's exciting. So, uh, and yet it's maybe a little intimidating for some um, because we do see kind of a, um, I don't know, very similar questions rolling in from a lot of different people, uh, whether it's about equipment or strategies, um, how to judge them. So the field judging part is big, where to find them. That's one of the ones that is uh, like never ending. Um, and then, you know, the food part, you know, how do you consume them? How do you, how do you cook them? What's your favorite? All that kind of stuff. So um, we just got done doing a little Peaks Bear Camp uh, down at Peaks headquarters here in, down in Bowes this weekend. And so we had a, well, we had a nice little group of guys there. We just talked bear for two days, day and a half. Now, a lot of that was e-scouting. Mark Levesay was there. He was kind of rolling through all his nerd stuff that he does um, on the computers, multiple screens, talking guys through, you know, kind of how to, you know, download different layers into different map apps and go through Google Earth Pro. And um, gosh, he went through the entire gamut. He nerds out on that stuff. He's really good at it. And he brings a ton of information. So guys always get a lot when they, um, you know, sit there and listen to Mark Livesey for a handful of hours going through all those little tips and tricks and and know-hows as far as um, best practices when it comes to e-scouting. One of those practices that he kind of highlighted a lot was snow layers. Uh, We all know, or I guess we don't all know, but snow is a huge importance, um, which coincides with elevation. So um, Mark is uh, in his e-scouting courses and all that. He's, He's talking about you know, how to find those snow layers and work those into your system so that you can um, kind of tell where the snow line is and um, maybe look at the past history of your area in elevations. And you can roll back to, say, April 20th of 2020, 2019, look at historically where that layer has sat on the mountain looking at north slopes, south slopes, all the things. So um, I would highly recommend folks if they want to they want to want to get in, into the nerdy uh, computer stuff, check out Mark Levesay's um, program over there. He's, he's really good. Brings a lot of information to everyone from e-scouting. Uh, he also mostly he focuses on the, the elk, uh, trying to find elk. But He's always working on on new projects. So um, I think what I'd start out with, we've got, I've got kind of a little question list here of things that come up. Um, Hunt prep is one. That's something I'm doing right now as we're we're a couple weeks away from diving in to the mountains and spending pretty near 30 straight days of bear hunting. We've got several folks coming with us this year, uh, some folks that have never taken bears before. Uh, we're going to kind of show them the ropes, I guess, and bring them into some 
some areas and take them on some adventures and try to get them some some animals. Um, I think uh, I'll start off at the top here, kind of what, how is bear different when it comes to gear selection? Um, and I, when I think about that question, now it's always kind of like, well, it's not, it's not really that, that different. My pack is very much the same as it is on deer hunts and elk hunts, as far as um, all the sleep systems and shelter systems. Um, those don't change much, cooking systems clothing very similar now each one adjusts to sometimes the type of terrain we're hunting in uh, you know with bears generally in the springtime there's going to be a lot of crick crossings uh, swollen rivers at times um, especially if you're diving into may often april isn't too bad but this year geez it seems like everything's melting off pretty fast so we're getting swollen creeks already um, we, we consistently talk about the rafts, those alpaca rafts that we use. Those are something that is a little bit different that we add to our pack more often in the spring than any other time, I would say, because it's kind of a safety measure. You know, we'll, we'll boogie across creeks, wade across rivers, um, very with ease on the way into places sometimes. And when you're spending 10 days in an area, that crick can be very different when you come out. So, you know, what you were knee high going in, you may be chest high coming out if the temp soars and, and you get a big snow melt. So rafts are kind of just the norm for us on spring bear hunts now. I, um, I've settled on pretty much the lightest weight raft that does the job. Um, it's got a weight capacity 400 pounds. It's the alpaca raft caribou model. Uh, it's not huge. It's only five pounds overall weight. And then you've got the, uh, the ore weight. I think the paddles, I don't know, it's about a pound, maybe pound and a half or something like that. They're pretty light, but, um, that raft will scoot me across the Creek. Uh, it will bring me back across that Creek loaded with, um, you know, a bear, or two bears and sometimes um, in certain areas where you can take two bears uh, that 400 pound capacity is is pretty sweet you can find lighter rafts that are maybe in the three pound range very little capacity uh, very little weight um, offerings in those so uh, i've kind of settled on that caribou um, if you're going to float a river down i wouldn't suggest the caribou kind of have to pack more weight if you want to be um, dry. It's it's not the best for any kind of rollers um, unless you just intend on getting wet. So now I've done it. I've floated with that thing quite a few rivers now and um, I bring those Chota hippies with me. I kind of keep those on now as I, as I float because I just know water is going to be splashing in and over and, and wear the rain suit as well. And it keeps your bone dry, but um, that is one piece of gear that uh, is kind of unique to bears, uh, spring bears, is for safety reasons. Um, I don't know, I haven't really heard of guys getting trapped on other sides of creeks, but I could definitely see how it happened because, like I said, oftentimes we're going in in April where it's still not 
really coming off the mountain and then all of a sudden it is and um, and I can count a handful of times that if we wouldn't have had the rafts we would have been waiting for cold nights you know um, hopefully the, waiting for the water to drop that is one thing cold nights will often drop those uh, short you know distance creeks and uh, mornings are your best time to cross midday as the heat comes up they swell pretty uh, it's pretty obvious on that but something to think about um, let's see I think as far as uh, other types of hunt prep you know it's very similar uh, food prep is a big one for us we like to eat good back there so utilizing the dehydrators freeze dryer we use a lot now uh, a lot of snacks built around those two things um, and we could probably do a whole new podcast on all things food preparation um, probably with each individual way of preserving because I'm into this freeze dryer now and it's it's a ton of fun and there's just um, I don't know there's more feels it feels like there's more things you can do with a freeze dryer than a dehydrator and uh, I like how the food tastes and how it comes out in the end. Um, let's talk about uh, let's see some of the uh, some of the equipment that we're using. Um, you know, using a, using a lot of these hunts we treat as rifle hunts now. We uh, I used to fall bear hunt back in a prior state, and uh, bow hunting was was something that I'd like to do for that. The bears are parking on these huckleberry fields, and I love that challenge of getting in tight and trying to um, get an arrow in those bears. Lately, uh, we've been doing a lot of rifle hunts the last couple years, few years. Um, I guess reason being is there's more folks. Uh, it's a time crunch, and we all love bear meat. So I want those tags filled for sure. Um and the country that we hunt is challenge enough. So uh, some of the areas that we go into, the challenge isn't the shot. The challenge isn't, I mean, there's always, there's always challenge in stock, even with a rifle. But it, it is more of the country, uh, the places that we're kind of carving out to get into um, on the maps. So definitely getting our challenge in, getting our physicality in. And we're filling those tags, which is kind of the goal for a lot of these hunts. I want I want bear meat in the freezer, um, multiple bears in the freezer, so that we can work on those all summer and going into the fall season. And that's what a lot of the fall meals are made with, is the bear meat that we take in the spring. Um, those are going into dishes that we rehydrate. And all those those late season hunts, even the September elk stuff, and and then late season mule deer. Um, optics, <sighs> kind of optics, very similar to deer. I uh, tend to always have a set of tens or twelves, depending on the country we're going into. Uh, kind of make that call uh, prior to each trip, um, and I think that's for each individual to determine for themselves. I love 12s. I don't know if it's because I'm getting old. I need that extra two power <laughs> magnification, but 12s work for me. 
Obviously, there's a little less field of view with the 12s versus the 10s, but that doesn't really bother me. We tend to hunt big country. We're looking miles away oftentimes, especially for spring bears. Um, you know, maybe if we were, you know, hunting these <clears throat> smaller areas um, where distance wasn't such a factor, you know, 10s would be just fine. But 10s, 12s generally, and then uh, always running a spotter in the pack off a tripod, obviously, um, you know, something. I've uh, been running a, a, a 65 millimeter, and that gets up to 48 power or so. So that's uh, that kind of tells we tells us all we need to know as far as sizing. Um, it's kind of a happy medium as far as willing to pack uh, weight wise for a spotter. Some guys will are willing to pack an 85 or even a 95 mil, but um, I've kind of settled on that that mid range 65 mil weight wise. It um, it's about about perfect for for what we're doing. Um, and, and that's about it for optics is just uh, you know a set of binos around the, the chest and, and a spotter in the pack. Um, one other thing that is specific to bear, I guess, for equipment, I guess I should say, but it's not because I always have a predator call around my neck, whether it's fall deer, um, September elk, any of those, but we tend to use it more on spring bear trips, even fall bear trips. Um, and whether you, you're going to use that, that predator call to grab a, grab a nice vantage, grab a spot that you think you might have a chance at, at calling in a bear or just stopping a bear that's moving on you, um, get him to turn, look, give you a better shot placement. Um, we've used it for that as well, but calling in bears is a ton of fun. Uh, I'd highly recommend it. It's, um, it's action packed when it happens. Oftentimes those bears will come in on a dead run and your adrenaline is just pumping like crazy. And, uh, it's, it's an unbelievable experience. Now folks have probably seen our videos where, um, it can also be a little dangerous cause they can come in from behind you or you could call in a G bear if you're hunting states like Wyoming or Montana or even parts of Idaho where G bears are pretty prevalent. Um, always a consideration. Uh, I think, uh, you know, calling, I probably wouldn't do as much calling in Grizz country solo. Um, three guys, uh, I'd feel much more comfortable two or three guys because have, uh, have somebody watching your back because those bears come in hot sometimes, often times they, they are literally running in. So um, that is one piece that I would definitely add to the equipment list. Other than that, most things are on par with all our deer hunts and elk hunts. Um, roll into some strategy for bears. Uh, boy, you know, we treat, I mean, we treat these bear hunts as adventure hunts. There's um, great success that people have kind of walking old closed logging roads, and that's that's uh, very successful. It's a great way to hunt bears. Um, oftentimes those old logging roads are, you know, kind of meandering through country where there's been places that have been logged or old burns or places like that. And, um, 
you know, the ability to see glass up bears. Um, even glassing from rigs for bears is successful for a lot of people. Uh, I know a lot of people that don't get too far from their truck. They're just parking, go grab an advantage, uh, looking at some great country, and then uh, stalking from there. And that's all successful. Um, very good stuff. I think um, I think we just like the adventure part of it and treating it like we would a, a mule deer hunt going in very far away from people where we're not hearing any side-by-sides or quads or trucks. Um, we're not really even thinking about people and we're just finding, we're kind of looking for an older age class bear that um, has the ability to get that, you know, that 10 years plus to 15 years um, of age on them. That's kind of what we're going for and that's why we seek out areas where they just never get seen um they just grow old and die in these places so uh we we really enjoy doing that so our one of our biggest strategies is just like it is for deer and elk it's always just um finding unmolested unlooked at areas places where folks are tending not to go these days that's a little bit more difficult than in the past there's more people taking that approach and and treating even these spring bear hunts as adventure hunts as well um, but i still feel like there's there's plenty of public lands out there where we're getting off the off the roads and we're able to find these places where there's just no no fear of running into a guy um our strategy is glass our eyeballs off uh, we're grabbing vantages that see a ton of country in places that have all the things that we're looking for when it you know on the on our e-scouting or places that we're going back to that we've been to in the past um you know we i love looking for river drainages big creek drainages uh areas that are steep areas that also have enough open to see for miles at times um, bears are not very dense they're not as dense as deer um, elk numbers are much higher than than bear numbers so you know you may be looking at the sweetest little patch of salad on the mountain and there's just not going to be a bear there because there's a sweet little patch that's a mile away from that that he's parked on and the numbers just don't cover every piece of sweet ground out there so we're we're wanting to get those uh those glass knobs and oftentimes that gets us climbing, you know, a couple thousand feet to the top where we're able to see max distance, uh, max area. Now, um, these are places that take a lot of like strenuous hiking, uh, steep country, you know, bombing up to a place 2000 feet up off the bottom, uh, glassing up a bear and then op oftentimes having to shoot right back down to the bottom to go get that bear is just kind of the norm. You know, bear hunting for us is, is, uh, you know, sitting in these places, it can be a slow day of just nonstop glassing. And then all of a sudden you see a bear and you gotta be ready to go and put your sprint shoes on and you're <clears throat> two miles of, uh, as fast as you can to get there, um, before that bear moves, uh, or, 
before dark falls on you. So it's it's a ton of fun. Um, midday can be a little bit slow at times, but it can also be extremely productive at times. Um, I think time frames, you know, when we're glassing up the most bears, I've always I've always kind of concluded that it's between that 11, 12 o'clock, like noon to dark. Um, anywhere in that time frame, if I was to go back and jot down bear sightings, uh, that would be the time frame that racks up the numbers. A uh, lot of, lot of, lot of bears in that noon time frame. Um, we see bears. We see bears in the mornings. We see bears. Um, heading into kind of a bedding area, patches of timbers in the mornings. But we don't tend to see them as often. I wouldn't say don't look. I wouldn't say don't hunt those mornings. Um, but I think I'm safe to say that if you spend enough time in the woods, you'll, you'll, you'll figure out that uh, most of the bears you see in the spring, maybe mid to late April, first half of May, are going to be yeah, that second half of the day from noon on. Um, not always the case, but definitely it's it's been more prevalent than, than not. So, um, yeah, I guess that's that's kind of our number one strategy is is finding these these key areas, grabbing glass and knobs, uh, really spending the time uh, working these areas over. I love finding these drainages that have a ton of water in the bottom. Um, rock outcroppings everywhere uh, really really steep country is great patches of open meadows uh, maybe a south slope that that just covers up in in wildflowers from balsam roots to um, whatever you know wild onions to to uh, glacier lilies things like that uh, north slopes now they'll have bears on them as well um, it's just all about where that green is. So I feel like very early, we're finding them on those southern slopes where that grass is just getting lush. It's, um, it's starting, it's, it's greening up the most. And green up is everything. Um, you hear guys all the time talk about elevation is everything. And that is 100% true. And the reason it is, is because elevation is important when it comes to that green up. It's where the feed is. The bears do love to follow that snow line up or follow the green uh, line of feed up the mountain. Generally, where I've witnessed the, the green up, um, just those little shoots you're starting to see, you know, half inch, an inch, two inch growth is about 1,000, 750 feet to 1,000 feet down from your hard snow line. Um, and that's, uh, that just tends to be where the numbers stack up as far as sightings goes, uh, especially those, those big, older, more mature bears were, uh, we're just following that elevation up and it's really hard to tell someone, you know, because this question rolls in, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be hunting you know, April 15th through April 22nd what's the elevation I should be at? And, you know, there's no perfect answer to that because it's different everywhere, um, different states, different topographies. Um, you know, we tend to, 
where we hunt, specific to where we hunt, we're tending in that time frame, we're tending to look at areas between 3,000, 3,500 to 4,500, that mid-April time frame. And then it just kind of climbs from there. But, you know, this has been a year of little snowfall. We're watching the snow line, um, looking at snow layers. And it's already sky high, you know, it's already in a lot of areas. It's, it's well above 5,000, 5,500 feet, uh, pushing 6,000 feet in a lot of places. Uh, so we may be uh, eyeballing a little bit higher this year as we get into our areas. Uh, it's really hard to say. And then it could go the opposite as well. We could get these late snow pushes that just, you know, pile it up on the mountain and, and we're looking down in the, in the very bottoms in that 3,000 feet elevation. So, uh, you know, here in Montana, we are always treated a little, as a little bit later of a hunt just because the elevations are higher. It can be really difficult getting into areas simply because of that snow, you know, whether it's driving to the area that you want to get to can be difficult um, going up and over passes and dropping into places that you feel like will be fantastic will hold bears those can be difficult to get into um, so we we always kind of push our hunts uh, here in this state a little bit later now we have bears running around right now they've been running around for weeks um, you know in montana they've been They've been seeing bears for the last three weeks. And uh, and so they're out for sure, but it has been a really warm um, spring. So far we've got, geez, we've seen blades of grass that are green up right in the yard here at 5,000 feet. So um, I guess that's uh, that's kind of the, the overall strategy that we use. Um, again, we're looking for these, these drainages that offer the feed needed to hold these bears. You know, when they come out of their den, um, they will find a patch and slow move <laughs> their way up the mountain from there because uh, it takes them a while. You know, they got to wake up, they got to get that digestion right. So oftentimes they'll, they'll find that real lush salad bowl on the mountain or small patch of green, chartreuse green uh, colored, Forbes, um, and they'll just stick to it and they won't move a whole lot. And that's, that's a big part of why I, I prefer, I love hunting that, uh, that earlier time frame. I feel like when you find them, they're not going to be three miles away by the time you get there, which can happen as you get into late May, pushing into that, that June rut with bears. So we, um, we see a lot of our most mature large boars right at the head of the season right in the beginning when they're just coming out oftentimes maybe there's you know still 75 percent of those bears 50 percent of those bears are still denned up or just you know lingering around the den there um, which changes day to day to day as you get closer into that may time frame um, but a lot varies all these things vary on elevation where you're hunting um, you know Oregon guys I'm sure they are seeing probably a lot of bears right now uh, front end of, of April here I'm sure it, it's lush and green as can be 
in a lot of those those places that guys are uh, intending to go hunt bears. So I'm just speaking to um, these kind of these these western states uh, off the coast, places like Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, and even Washington is very similar as you get to the east side. Mm-hmm.